Welcome to I Love to Tell the Story. This is a podcast for praise. We just want to give all the glory to Jesus Christ for his transforming power of the gospel and how it changes lives still today. Our key verse for this podcast is Psalm 145, verse 4, which says, And one generation shall declare your mighty acts to another. And so we just want to let it be known all that God has done in our lives, and we hope that you are encouraged by these stories. I am Pastor David Collins from Roseville Baptist Church, and I am joined today by Brother Kyle Lee. What a blessing it is to have you here with us today and sharing your story. Thanks for being. No problem. It's a blessing to be here. Thank you. So why don't you go ahead and jump right into it and share your story about what God's been doing in your life. Great. Uh it all, I guess, started, if you will, uh, when I was just a young boy. I was raised in a Christian family. Uh, we went to church every Sunday, and I think a lot, somewhere along the way, I kind of got lost in this culture of uh, experience-based Christianity is the only way I can think of to describe it. Hmm. You know, uh, a lot of my teen years was centered around. Uh, one big uh, quote unquote spiritual high to the next and and even now if if somebody three or four years ago had asked me uh, how do you know you're going to heaven I think that my answer would have been somewhere along the lines of well I remember this great experience that I had I remember mm-hmm. this this time that I was at this thing that felt so amazing and um, along my teen years uh, there was a bit of I think confusion brought into my life. I, I didn't profess Christ until I was an adult, but I was very immersed in the church culture. And one day my youth pastor sat down with me and, uh, and he just asked me the question, have you thought about getting baptized? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he kind of talked to me about baptism and I was baptized at the age of 13. Hmm. Um, and so I think sometimes when I look back on my my early early teen years slash uh, actual teen to young adult years, uh, I feel a little confused at times because uh, I always I was living the the Christian life, I guess. But honestly, it was all a, a bit of a, a two faced scenario. I I lived one way on on Sunday, and when I went to youth group, I knew how to say the right words to people. Mm-hmm. I knew how to to do the right things. You know, I I knew how to be involved in ministry and and put on a good face. Uh, but I was honestly, I, I was lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was nineteen, I joined the military. And uh, yes, this is all connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I joined the military in 2013 and uh, went through a series of wild circumstances. I, I went through a selection course. I failed it twice in a row uh, despite my best efforts. And that landed me in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Hmm. I was deployed overseas in 2015. And while I was there, I I met or I was placed under the leadership of a gentleman named Jacob Roofley. Hmm. And uh, he introduced me to his wife over the Skype um, one day because we had grown close overseas. And she ended up introducing me to this young woman who she named Poppy. And uh, we got to talking while I was on deployment. We got to know each other very, very well. And uh, 
we always talked about when uh, I get back from deployment, we will talk about making it official. Mm. And I um, was a man of action. And when we got back, I actually just started introducing her to everybody as my girlfriend. <laughs> um, and I really tried not to give her, you know, the option to say no. And uh, she was very willing, you know, I didn't force her into the relationship, but she always brings that up as a, uh, you know, <laughs> you just introduced me as your girlfriend. I'm like, well, I had to, you know, you would have, you would have got away maybe, but, um, <laughs> and the reason I bring her really into my story is because I think that the Lord used her first and primarily to begin to draw me to him hmm. in truth, because, I was basing a lot of my doctrinal beliefs and a lot of my values not on the Word of God. I had had read the Bible on multiple occasions throughout my life with uh, with no clarity. Mm. You know, um, the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word for us. And uh, when I look back on my forays into Scripture as a young man, and when I look at how the Lord speaks to me now, it, it's just it's night and day. Mm, and, uh, mm -hmm. and I didn't base anything that I believed on scripture, you know, and I could name all of the, the wild things that I remember, um, talking to Madison about. I, the, the wildest one was that I believed in evolution, um, pretty wholeheartedly. I'd been taught it all through the public school. And, uh, I just remember talking to Madison about that one day and she had to like stop me mid sentence and was like, wait a second. <laughs> you believe what? And this was after we were married, praise the Lord, because I think, you know, that could have been grounds for like breaking up with me. Mm. That's a, that's a pretty serious doctrinal error. And, and she was like, wait a second, you believe that? And she like sat down with the Bible and was like, listen, this is what the Bible says about creation and all of that. Mm. And I was like, well, I never knew that. Okay. And, and my beliefs began to change. Uh, and along with that, you know, my heart and, uh, we had been married for about a year and a half when I, exited the military and we moved um again the lord orchestrated our path we were planning on moving up to virginia when i got out of the military and uh a couple of things just fell into place that uh paved the way for us actually to move back home and um home being here in the sacramento right, region here, yeah. here, right here okay. to here to the sacramento region um closer to uh her parents and mm -hmm. and obviously our children's grandparents and um, which I, I think that I would say that they're deeply involved with the story, but, uh, all of that to come. Um, we moved back here and, uh, began attending the church that our parents went to pioneer Baptist church. And, um, it, it, one, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I grew up in a pretty, uh, contemporary church. And, uh, I remember the first Sunday just thinking, wow, he's allowed to talk to people like that and they still like him. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I wasn't sure if he was, uh, angry or happy or sad. And I think he was maybe all three all at the same time. And it was mm -hmm. all just because he loved Jesus and, 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 um, and, you know, being under, under biblical preaching and I attended the Sunday school that her parents went to, and I, I met this wonderful man. Uh, his name's Gary Richards, and he was my Sunday school for a while. My Sunday school teacher, pardon me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he and my mother-in-law are the first two people that I ever saw uh, actually like brought to tears over the fact that Jesus would die on the cross for them. 
Mm. Um, and it's hard for them to talk about it even without just being caught up in the moment and the fact that like God loves us so much that he actually died for us Mm -hmm. and, and rose again. And, um, that was, that also blew my mind. I'd never seen that before. Never seen somebody so touched by, uh, the sacrifice that was made for us and how unworthy we are of that, that, that they just couldn't hardly talk about it. Mm. Um, and all, all across this time, this was about maybe a three month span. I had, I had ended up purchasing, uh, actually the exact Bible that I brought to this, uh, meeting today. And I, I had begun reading it and, um, the Lord really just started to melt my heart. Mm. Um, and, I one morning there was a few passages that stuck out to me so clearly over that time, but uh, if it's okay, I'll share the one that I think yeah, smoked please. my heart the worst. And and uh, the verses come on uh, the back half of, if I'm not mistaken, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is telling the Jews, or it's after he fed the five thousand, and he's telling the Jews, you have to you have to eat of me, the bread of life, mm. in order to uh, you know see the kingdom, and uh, they all leave except for the 12. And uh, from that time, many of his disciples went back. It's John 6, uh, 66 through um, 68. And it just says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the 12, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of the, of eternal life. And I read those words one morning, um, and it just blew my mind. I was, I was like, mm. this is what I'm holding right here. This is really what the answer is, you know? Um, and I, and this was all, I, I suppose building in my heart. And one night I was driving home. I worked at Lowe's at the time. And, and a lot of times they'd have me work until about midnight. And, uh, I was driving home and I was just so, I think burdened, convicted, yeah. uh, confused, mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to reconcile um, the life that I had lived, the experiences that I had had, and the Word of God. Mm. And sadly, every time I measured up these experiences that I had put so much faith in to what the Word actually said about how those experiences went down, um, there were very specific moments in every life experience that I considered maybe my salvation, quote-unquote, that were totally against Scripture. And that's a big deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. And and I was just so convicted because I realized that I did not know if I was going to heaven or if I was going to hell. Um, and I I was at the the corner of Golden Gate and Mountain, and uh, and I just called out to the Lord, and I just said, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you're the only one to heaven. Mm. And, and I called on his name and, uh, and that was when that, that was when I knew for sure I, it's been settled. You know, my, my account's been settled now. I, I know I'm going to heaven. I've been saved, um, you know, by his blood. And that was the moment really, truly that I say that I know that I've been saved. Mm. Um, and I owe, all of that to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I owe that especially to uh, my wonderful wife, who um, is such a great testimony to her parents in how she knows the scriptures and uses the scriptures, uh, but was willing to confront me on 
uh, on those issues that, that yeah. she knew were not true. And you, you know, Madison, you know that she's not afraid to confront anybody about mm -hmm. anything. And, and I'm just so thankful for her and that. And I'm so thankful for uh, my parents-in-law and how they um, raised their daughter, but also how they love the Word of God. And, and for Gary Richards and my pastor and, and just... Mm -hmm. um, all of the all of the the people that God used to influence me and to draw me closer to him and ultimately yeah. for his word i I don't think that i i mean I don't think anybody's saved without knowing what the word says about it you know and and it's so essential and and I'm so thankful that he smote my heart and drew me to him and and showed me the truth yeah yeah, and I think that this is i think your story is not unique by by any 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 definition of the word because i think there are a lot of people that that grew up kind of as you did that had yeah. that religious experience the church experience and i think you 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 use the right term when you kind of called it the experiential christian life uh, where we have to i'm doing all these things or i gotta you know uh nothing wrong with with having church be exciting and something um that that has something going on that draws me in but if the thing that's mainly drawn me in is just the things that are happening and not the word of god and jesus christ and my passion to to be a part of his kingdom then that that's that's a problem right. and i think i think that's great that god finally you know was able to reveal that to you and and opened up your heart in that way and what a what a awesome thing his grace is yes and that no matter how confused we have been that we're able to come back to him no matter what i feel like there's all these little um i i feel irreverent saying it but but these catchphrases you know from scripture that will will just shoot themselves into my head every you know like god is not the author you know he's not the author of confusion mm -hmm. you know we have to worship him in spirit and in truth mm -hmm. you know and um, those are all, uh, so true. You yeah, know, isn't I, that what the Bible even says? The Holy Spirit right. is going to remind us of all these things and right. continue to teach us to be a disciple of his. That's right. awesome. Yeah. He'll guide us into all truth. And, yeah. and that was, that's the crazy thing is I just didn't, I didn't have that guide and I, yeah. I didn't know it, you know, and, and now that I understand, I'm just so, I can't imagine how I was even living Mm -hmm. Otherwise, mm -hmm. my, my life is so different. I actually have the ability to um, be obedient to the Lord instead of just seeing what I ought to do and it not phase me. I, the change that, that the Holy Spirit, you know, works in our heart, it's not so much like this crazy outward thing that happens, but obviously we're, we're spiritually born again. And, and, yeah. you know, it's like now we have the ability to worship him in spirit and in truth, you know, mm -hmm. and we have the ability to be guided into that truth by mm -hmm. the Holy spirit, you know, and that's, um, you know, what you just said kind of reminded me of, uh, this one, unfortunately is not a biblical quote, like you've been thrown out, but I just saw something earlier today that said, acting like a Christian is exhausting, right? But being a Christian is rejuvenating right. and amazing. Yes. And, you know, you try to do all these things, and somebody says, if you do this, and that'll, you know, show how much you're a Christian. Or if you're right. inside of your heart just trying to live up to this impossible standard of perfection. Right. We can't reach it. That's the whole point of the gospel. Right. But that is exhausting. Yes. And religion continuously exhausts mankind, and we're never good enough. But right. what an awesome thing it is when we finally get broken, when you get your heart smitten by the gospel, and just, man, you get humbled. And you just let Jesus take over. Yes. And you let his finished work 
take over in your heart and life. Right. And, and, you know, that, that exact phrase comes in on, on really both sides of the aisle, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, on, in one, in, on one sense or, or the way I grew up, I was trusting my works, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. trusting the experience. I went to this event, went to this conference, played in this worship band. I, I, uh, you know, served in this Sunday school. I did this thing or, or that thing, but really that was all just trusting in my flesh. And, and, uh, you know, then on the other side of the aisle, it's what, what do you wear? What do you say? How do you act? What do you, Mm. you know, what do you carry under your arm? And, and, uh, it's just so important. I think that maybe for anybody that's listening, that might come across this to just know that really none of that, it matters. You know, Paul said in Philippians that he counts all that, uh, but dung he used the strong language when compared to the greatness that he had the excellency of the knowledge of christ you know and um and i think that's a dangerous trench to fall in on both sides of the aisle and and i think that at 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 times i fell into both both opposite ends of that of of trusting my work works uh what i was wearing or over here what i was doing and ultimately it's all the same thing you know and and uh totally right when you when it's real and when you really have trusted christ as your savior and you're not trusting your works you're only trusting him it's like a breath of fresh air yeah. you've been you feel like you've been breathing the wrong air for your whole life and then now you're like wow this is this is what it is you know yeah i don't want to exchange the chains of sin and regret for the chains of legalism right. and religiosity right that Amen. both just weigh you down yes because christ breaks all those chains he says just live free yeah my yoke is easy it's it's light it's it's nothing because and the other thing i've been reading a book called uh gentle and lowly and it talks about that from that specific passage there how jesus is yoked up with us and he we're not alone in this in this journey this pulling that we're doing he's right there with us and and when i got god the creator of the universe pulling along with me how much work do I actually think I'm doing? <laughs> right. And, and I think, not a lot. I think sometimes we, we also get caught up in that misconception that like, uh, God is just our master mm-hmm. and we're, we're just his servants. Yeah. But, you know, I think that there are also so many times that we're described not as servants, but as sons, you know, yeah. in, in Galatians Amen. and in first John, um, he he brings us into our into his family you mm-hmm. know and and we can never be cast out and and so um and i think also it's so easy to forget that uh when god looks at us he sees the righteousness of jesus christ Amen. and he doesn't see you know the sin that i just committed that i feel so awful about he sees the righteousness of christ but he's and he just wants me to repent and get right and move on yeah. and and live in the victory that he's already given me amen you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. So God bringing you through, you know, even working in your in your childhood, yeah. planting seeds. And I think that's something that sometimes we as parents, we can get so afraid of one or the other. Either mm. I'm, my kids, they're never going to get saved. And so I want to really make sure they're saved. And you try to just really drill it down or they, they make a profession and like, no, 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 you're saved. You're saved. And right. so I think parents, we have to be careful that number one, we're not, well, my kids were in church every single Sunday for the first 18 years of their mm. life. So they're automatically, they must be saved. Right. That's not true. 
nor is it one of the things that we have to be careful uh, on the other side of it that, hey, you know, I'm never going to bring up these conversations with my kids because I want them to make their own decisions in life and all this. No, God gave us our children, and yeah. we are supposed to steward them carefully. Yes. And you are planting seeds as you take them to church, as you help them establish good habits, Bible reading, prayer, time together as a family. All those things are critical. And so I think even as God's planting and watering seeds in your life, that ultimately led to your salvation as an mm. adult. Yes. If you didn't have all that background to build on, who knows what, you know, yeah, there were some things missing, but right. God uses all those things. Yes. And so I just want to encourage you, parents that might be listening, stick with it. Mm. The days are long, but the years are short. And yes. I know many of you that are listening to this right now have children that are children and maybe even grandchildren older than i am so <laughs> you totally understand that but my wife and i were shocked at the fact that in in just a couple of months our oldest son is going to be 15 and so it's mm. just like wow he is almost an adult already and it's going to be here before we know it and yeah. so we're trying to instill those things and try to get him that relationship too mm. but now as an adult as you kind of look forward in your life i, I i'm excited that next week um i recording a podcast talking about my own spiritual kind of Christian salvation and call to the ministry and such. And I believe you feel that God may be calling you into ministry in some capacity. So you mind sharing a little bit about what God's calling you to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I'll, I'll say that maybe this is a cheesy line, but I do believe that, uh, you know, the first ministry that God's given me is to my wife and then to my children. Mm -hmm. Um, Amen. And I haven't always seen it that way. Obviously I was, I was trusting works so much that, that I have to wrestle my brain to um, see past the ministry opportunities and remember that um, I'm a husband first and I'm a father, you know, and um, that's been, one of my favorite things I guess about the journey so far is over the last three years, I feel like I have really only just begun learning how to love my wife. Um, and I'm not great at it and I, and I wish I was better, but I, we all still have things to grow in that. (laughs) And I, I look back though at who I was and, um, and where the Lord has brought me. And I'm so thankful for the change he's wrought in my life and that, and I'm so excited for, uh, what he's going to teach me about my wife and how to love her better in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I thought it was so great what you said about being parents too, because I think that is, um, a stressor that we maybe have felt my wife and I, we have, you know, Emmy who's four and Ellie who's, who's 20 months now, she's Mm. only two years old this year. And, um, they're right at that, that area of life, at least Emmy is where she's really beginning to understand things, Mm -hmm. uh, just in general, but especially being that we're in church a lot and we read the Bible together as a family every night and she hears us praying and we pray, pray with her. Um, she's really beginning to see and understand what maybe being a Christian is, is looking like and, it is dangerous to either push too hard or not push at all, or mm-hmm. even feed, you know, one line on accident too many times that they remember and think, Oh, okay, this is a, this is, I can become a Christian <laughs> at this point or, or I can't get saved until I've done this, you know? Uh, and, and, yeah. um, and we've made some mistakes, but I think that one of the biggest things that we remind ourselves of is just that, um, 
showing them the love of Christ is really what is going to impact them more than anything. You know, uh, Jesus said, this is how they'll know that you're my disciples by your love for one another, you know, and, um, Mm -hmm. that example coupled with the word of God, I, I think is, is really going to change our heart. And I'm, and so again, just to like, I'm no parental guru by any means, but I think that just remembering that, um, showing the love of Christ and, that is going to impact their hearts. The example that we show is going to speak louder than 10,000 Bible verses shouted at them from anywhere. Absolutely. Um, And so, yes, beyond all of that though, um, I was on a course for youth ministry even before I got saved. And the Lord has not lessened that burden on my heart since I've been saved. If anything, uh, it's intensified. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe I'm called to uh, the pastoral ministry. I believe that I'm, I, this burden for the teens has not lessened for me. I'm, I'm so excited that God would have that for me. Um, I'm currently uh doing online school to, to sort of train and prepare on the education front for ministry, uh, while God has just opened, um, countless doors. It seems like it, it, it seems like every time we think, uh, there's nothing else that maybe we could be doing. God like opens another door for us to, um, be used at our church. And mm. it's not just in the teens. He's, he's allowed us to, to serve and minister with them and, and, uh, sort of uh, support our pastor as we get to learn from him as he teaches the teens and um, also, but also ministering to the younger generation in children's church and, th- and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how he's using us right now in terms of ministry. And I do, I am gearing up though at some point in the future in the Lord's timing to um hopefully be preaching to teens for, you know, hopefully the the rest of my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what an exciting thing that is to continue to invest and feel called and what a crucial time of life that Mm -hmm. is. I know a lot of people, they look at, unfortunately, they look at the youth pastor as almost like a stepping stone into, oh, nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be there forever. Some people, everybody wants to be the senior pastor. That's really not, that's really not the reality. I remember my youth pastor growing up, he was in his late forties when I was when I was in youth group and mm-hmm. he had been doing it for fifteen years at that point and he did it for another uh ten years or fifteen years before he finally moved out of the area. And right. and so I mean I I appreciate so much guys that feel called to investing in our young people and it's not just looked at as the stepping stone to the next rung up the ladder. Yeah. You know, it's no, this is where God has called me and and we think about how many times we hear statistics. Well, only 18% of people actually stay in church after the age of 18 or whatever right. it is. I don't know what the statistic is now. But maybe if we did a better job actually discipling these kids mm. when they're teens, that that percentage would go way up. Mm. I I definitely agree. You know, um, I am so thankful for... Uh, the youth pastors that I have seen, you know, I, I, looking back now from who I am to the way that my, my youth pastors that I interacted with as a teen influenced me, um, you know, I, there's things about them that I, I remember, and I'm very thankful for, you know, I, I remember just totally bombing at life, like, 
I was, I was guided by my flesh and I made a horrible mistake at one point and my youth pastor sat me down and he, uh, just didn't, he didn't soften any blows. You know, he just, <laughs> he was just like, listen, man, you've messed up really bla- bad, bam, bam, bam. And, and just had the conversation with me mm. and he did it in love, but right. he had that, you know, and, and I always remember that to this day. I remember it obviously as a failure that I never, ever want to repeat. But I, I remember it as a time when I saw him who I thought was just this like goofy guy sit down and, yeah. and just get real, you know, yeah. and um, I, I'm sure that every preacher would say this about the ministry they've been called to, but I, I don't think I could imagine doing anything beyond the teen ministry mm-hmm. for, for me personally. And I, I'm a young man. I don't know what the Lord has in my future, but um at least with what he's called me to now, I'm, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything, uh, I guess more than that. I don't, right. you know, it's not a stepping stone. That's one thing that I'm so thankful for with, um, with my pastor that I, I get to sort of look to as my mentors that, um, you know, he's pastoring a church right now. He's the head pastor, but he, he still just has such a deep burden for that next generation that's coming up. And they are so important mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they are going to be influencing, uh, the, the future, if you right. will, of Christianity and in, in America, in the world. And, um, with all of the temptations and, um, with the assault on their sanctification and their Christian and their, or I'm sorry, their purity that is mm-hmm. coming at them in their teen years. I, I can't imagine, I couldn't imagine having what they have to face even when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and, um, I'm excited to be used with the Lord in that area, and um, it is so crucial. Amen. They are the next generation, and it's important to feed into them now. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. So we'll be we'll be praying for the Lord to continue to lead you as mm-hmm. uh, He develops you and moves you into that. And I'd just like to say, if you're listening right now, and you'd say, you know what, I I really I resonate with, uh, and I appreciate the the story that kyle's been telling now and i'd like to add kyle to my personal prayer list if you wouldn't mind texting the church here and saying i'm going to put kyle on my personal prayer list i'm going to pray for him and the ministry that he has in the future mm-hmm. once a day once a week once a month whatever it might be if you wouldn't mind just texting us and letting us know the number is 916-572-2322 916-572-2322 if you just let us know and that way you say you know and then i can pass that word along to him and that way he can be encouraged by his brothers and sisters in christ that are lifting him up and just saying god we know that there you have a plan for this young man's life and we want to see him used for the glory of your kingdom mm. well thanks again for being here today and for sharing, and we look forward to hopefully, you know, as, as God continues to lead you and, and have things come up in your life, that you can come on back and, and share more of your story, because our story isn't over yet. <laughs> yeah, amen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so don't forget that if you would like to share your story, I'll give that phone number once again. The phone number is 916-572-2322. If you'd like to come on and share your story, because this is a podcast for praise, we just want everybody 
to be able to share the awesome things that Jesus Christ is doing in our lives. If you say, I'm also, I'm going to pray for Brother Kyle, please text us also and let us know so we can be an encouragement to one another because these days can be trying, these days can be discouraging, but if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and on his transforming power, then we can do as Psalm 145 says, one generation shall declare your works to another and praise God's mighty acts. God bless.